This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, December 19th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle, flying solo on today's show. I was off last week, uh, just a staycation, didn't go anywhere fancy. Sometimes those are the best vacations, but uh, I appreciate Dan Rubin filling in for me. Did the show all five days a week last week and appreciate Dan's hard work. Great to be back with you guys. A lot to get into on today's show. Yeah, I see there's already a lot of comments about Dylan Rayola, as Dan himself predicted on last week's show after... (laughs) His uh, after uh, Dylan's father, Dominic, got a job at Nebraska as an assistant coach that uh, maybe a decommitment could be forthcoming. And um, that turned out to be true, unfortunately. So um, I see there's already some comments about that. Yeah, I think it's as simple as his dad is now coaching at Nebraska. I really think it is that simple. I don't think we need to like break it down too much. There's dad played there. His dad's now coaching there. And, you know, this is obviously nothing against Dylan Rayola. He's a fantastic player, but um I'm not worried at all about quarterback recruiting when it comes to Ryan Day. It's like if Ohio State would lose like a big-time receiver, I wouldn't worry about Brian Hartline. It's like the same thing to me. Um, It's just Hartline lands like four a year. You can't land four quarterbacks a year. But, I mean, is anybody worried about Ryan Day landing quarterbacks or developing them? I'm not. I mean, as soon as he gets the job, he realizes Tate Martell's not my guy. I got to go get Justin Fields, which now seems like the most obvious thing in the world. But there were some people out there that thought Tate Martell – should have been the quarterback, and Brian Day knew right away. Um, Turned out Justin Fields was pretty good, you know. And for all all the flack C.J. Stroud gets for not running, and I've been critical of him too for not running, he's still a hell of a quarterback. Two-time Big Ten quarterback of the year will be a top ten, probably could be the top overall pick, will definitely be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Not worried about quarterback recruiting. I like the guys they have in the pipeline with Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. They'll be all right. They'll be okay. Um. All right, so I wanted to lead off with that because I know there's a lot lot of comments about that. But I really want to get into Ohio State-Georgia. We'll talk more about recruiting later. I mean, we're 12 days away from the college football playoff. I mean, Ohio State's two games away from winning the national championship. It's like we're not even talking about it enough. We're talking about NIL. We're talking about guys that are 2024 recruits, which is all all that stuff's important, and I talk about it. But I want to talk Ohio State-Georgia and break this down a little bit. Not to get too much into the weeds, but – you know, looking at this, 
I don't feel like Ohio State's some huge, massive underdog here. You know, like I don't think they're like talent wise. I feel like this is not a mismatch. Give Georgia all the respect. I mean, they're number one for a reason. They're defending national champs. But Ohio State's got plenty of talent um, just because it's like recency bias. But because they got their ass kicked in the second half against Michigan, it's like um, now Ohio State's like some like, you know, oh, little, little Ohio State has no chance here, which I like. I like that underdog role. So you look at it, the, the Vegas line is holding steady it's at uh, Georgia, favored by six and a half. So Vegas line holding steady. In fact, the money is a little bit going toward Ohio State. Most of the money is going toward Ohio State. So that might even drop to six eventually. Um, and again, Ohio State as an underdog is very dangerous. We've seen it time and time again. That doesn't mean they're going to win this game. I do feel like it's almost like a 50-50 game or like 55-45 Georgia. I feel like it's pretty it's pretty tight. Um, and, you know, Georgia might be a little overconfident. Ohio State's going to come in, hopefully, playing loose, you know, playing hungry with that underdog role. Um, in theory, you know, if they, if, and if they do buy into that, I mean, the mental side of sports is, is huge. So it's not a coincidence that Ohio, Ohio State has such a good record when they're an underdog. It's so rare that they are. Um, they have not been one in the last two seasons. This is the first time. So we'll see what happens. All right, let's look at the – so when I say it's not a mismatch, just talent-wise, if you look at the 24-7 sports, um, you know, composite, like, talent for both teams, it's very comparable. And then you look at the national stats this year. You know, this is not, like, you know, up for interpretation. This is not, like, recruiting rankings and stuff like that. And, people ranking players. This is just, you know, math. All right. Ohio State is sixth in the country in total offense. Georgia is seventh in the country in total offense. Ohio State's sixth. Georgia seventh. Total offense. Total defense. Georgia is ninth. Ohio State is 11th. Again, Georgia ninth. Ohio State 11th in total defense. These teams are very evenly matched. And yeah, Georgia's strength of schedule is, is a little tougher than Ohio State, but not, not markedly. Those stats are very equal. Almost as equal as you could possibly be. Sixth and seventh, 11th and ninth. So, again, I feel like this is like almost a 50-50 game. I really do. And, you know, we'll see what happens. I also find this interesting. So, Ohio State's the number four seed, but according to Vegas, they're the number two seed. Let me explain. So, you can look at these like future lines, like these possible lines. Like if Ohio State and Michigan win, and they have the, the rematch in the national championship game, Ohio State would be favored by three in Los Angeles. Vegas has Ohio State, even despite the fact they got beat in Columbus, Vegas has Ohio State as a three-point favorite over Michigan on a neutral field, if it happens. If Ohio State plays TCU in the national championship game, which is obviously the biggest long shot out there, Ohio State would be favored by 10 points. So, again, Ohio State is the fourth seed, but, like, really talent-wise, when you look at it, Vegas, Vegas doesn't have – this isn't opinions. They're just, you know – I know they're trying to get money on both sides, but these are future lines. They're not even, like, open yet. Um, this is what they the line would be. And Ohio State's the second-best team in this field. Now, they not second-best as far as what they've earned. Obviously, Michigan earned the number two seed, but just saying – I keep hearing Ohio State's this massive underdog. They're not. They're they're an underdog. Georgia's a hell of a team. They're playing in their home state. They should be favored. All right, let's get to Ohio State's running backs. Now, Mayan Williams is 100%. He said that last week when we talked to him. Um, 
we went over there for, I mean, I was technically off work, but, you know, I wasn't going to miss media day over there. We had like on-campus media day on Wednesday and got to talk to like 20 players, not like 20 players. We talked to exactly 20 players, Jerry Emick knocking it out for us. Um, it was really cool. So um, I asked Mayan, you know, how close to 100% are you now? How much has this rest helped you? He said, I'm 100% right now. It's not like I am close to 100%. So that was last week. Now, athletes tend to say they're 100% when maybe they're, they're not quite. But you can tell this rest has helped Mayan, and now he gets 12 more days till the game. So look for a healthy dose of Mayan Williams as you're starting running back. As I'm sure you guys know, Travion Henderson is out. And I don't think – I hear this smoke that Travion's going to transfer. I, that's not what I'm hearing. Maybe I, things can change. That's not what I'm hearing at all. I'm hearing he's going to come back next year. He intends to have an excellent junior year next year. He's playing on a broken foot. Yeah, I know he removed stuff from his, like, Twitter. I mean, people were coming at him saying he was soft. They didn't know he was playing with the broken foot. Jeez, I can't play old man tennis when I had a little, little like, minor little hairline fracture in one of my uh, feet, you know, let alone play running back for Ohio State out there on a broken foot. Give me a break. But I'm hearing – the good news is I'm hearing that um, that Trey is not going to transfer. I don't know. I mean, I, I think people just saw that he took Ohio State stuff down and just assumed that. Um, so that's good news. Um, and I do think I will say this about people coming at the players on social media. I do think it's a vast minority of Buckeye fans. Like, I think like most of you in the chat right now, when I'm doing the show solo, it's, it's really hard to keep up with the comments, the live comments, but I'm sure a lot of you like right now are the types that are not going on social media and bashing these kids. Maybe sometimes you don't like something ticks you off, but you keep it to yourself. And, and if anything, like you, you support them. I think that's the vast majority of Buckeye fans. They're very supportive of these young men on social media. But it takes one or two bad apples um, to make everybody look bad and, and to make these kids feel like they're being attacked. So um, anyway, one is too many, but I do feel like the vast majority of Buckeye fans are behind the players. Anyway, I'll stop my little tangent there. So Mayan's 100%. Travion's out for this game, but I'm hearing he's not going to transfer. Um, Dallin Hayden and Chip Trainum are the next two guys up. Um even though they keep saying it, it's, you know, when Ryan Day is asked directly about it, he's like, no, you know, I ball security is an issue for every running back. That's why I talk about it. Come on. Every time he brings up Dallin Hayden or he's asked about Dallin Hayden, he immediately goes to ball security. That tells me that in practice, I'm not breaking news here. There must be some ball security issues with Dallin Hayden. Um, Chip train him looked good to me against Michigan. Maybe now he's knocked the rust off. He finally got, you know, some game reps. He had one carry coming into the Michigan game. So mine Williams is a starter. Lean on him. Hopefully he can stay healthy. And then if you need, you know, another guy or two, you got your pair and a spare. So with Dallin Hayden, assuming that they have faith in Dallin Hayden, that he can get out there and not fumble. He looked great against Maryland. There's been one game since Maryland. I mean, it's not like that was like early in the season. So um, maybe he's just been fumbling like crazy in practice. It must be. That must be what it is. It couldn't be like one or two fumbles for Ryan Day just to – when he's asked about Mayan Williams, he doesn't talk about ball security. When he's asked about Chip Trainum, he doesn't talk about ball security. Hey, how do you feel about Dallin Hayden? Well, he's got to make sure he gives the ball back to the official after the play. So it's like, okay, so he's fumbling a lot in practice, right, Coach? No, I didn't say that. <laughs> but uh, so there you go. All right, transfer portal. Need to hit it hard this offseason. It's another thing I wanted to hit hard on the show today. Got to hit it hard. They got the ball rolling a little bit. Landed John Furlman, it's a long snapper from Arizona State, three years of eligibility remaining. And listen, we just have to talk about 
the game to know how important a long snapper is. Up to that point, Mason Arnold had been really good since taking over for Brad Robinson. Brad Robinson was perfect. His, you know, what, two two years, as three years, including this one as the starter. Um, Brad Robinson uh, did a great job. And it just goes to show you the importance of long snapper. And, you know, Mason Arnold just didn't get this, the signal uh, in the Michigan game on the fake punt. We saw the same thing happen with the Tampa Bay Bucks against the Bengals yesterday. It wasn't this long snapper. It was Gio Bernard. The up back didn't get um the signal it would have been like mitch rossi not getting the signal instead of the long snapper not getting the signal um mitch rossi would have cruised for, for an easy first down maybe a touchdown if the long snapper would have realized the, the fake punt was on but i digress all right so they got the ball rolling with the long snapper i don't want to hear anybody making fun of that because just like i said long snappers are important you don't think they're important until they are so that's good but now it's time to, to really hit the portal I know that Ohio State's preparing for the college football playoff, but last time I checked, so is Michigan, and they're hitting the portal hard. So no time to waste. And I know they're Mark Pantone is as, as meticulous as it gets, him and his staff. They're turning over every leaf. I have no doubt about that. Um, I'm sure they're in on guys. Um, I'm, I don't know specific guys that they're in on, but here's what I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through, I think, positions that Ohio State needs to – hit in the portal that guys they need to land they have to land for example an offensive tackle in my opinion you gotta land an offensive lineman and it's got to be an offensive tackle if they land two in the portal I, that won't uh I, I won't cry at all over that i'll be i'll be smiling um if they land two but just give me one good one in the portal it's ohio state you can pull that off justin fry um the recruiting staff they have again mark pantoni ryan day find an offensive tackle you're about ready to have uh, either the Number one or number two offensive lineman off the board in the draft, and Paris Johnson used that. No, he hasn't declared yet, but he's going to go pro. We all know that. So you got to get an off. You got to get an O lineman. I think depending on what happens with Cade Stover, because he's talking like he might go pro. Maybe he said he already has. I don't know. I've lost track of some of the guys. I know uh, Ronnie Hickman said he's going pro already. It's like it used to be. You get, Trussell used to tell. I feel I sound like an old man here. Trussell used to tell the guys. Even when it was obvious, like don't announce till after the bowl game. Like I remember San Antonio Holmes, it was the most obvious thing in the world that he was going to turn pro. And he was a fourth year junior, redshirted the national championship season in 2002. Um, and Trestle had told him to wait till after the Fiesta Bowl that year in 2005. And then finally, San Antonio told us that. And we were like, he was telling you not to tell, say anything. He's like, yep, sure was. <laughs> By that, he didn't care, you know. But so, anyway, a bunch of guys are announcing that they're you know, have already decided that they're leaving. So if, if Cade Stover does not come back, I think they got to get a tight end. Got to get a tight end. Um, now, they have other guys in the program, you know, that they can use. Maybe, maybe they're high on, like, you know, G. Scott Jr. and Joe Royer and, and Bennett Christian and these guys, um, recruits coming in. But I still think you got if, – if you lose Cade Stover, you got to get a tight end, in my opinion. All right. If you lose a middle if – if Tommy Eichenberg goes pro, hopefully he doesn't. That'd be a huge loss. If Eichenberg goes pro, you got to get a linebacker. You got to. You got to get a mic. Steel Chambers is not a mic. Cody Simon's not a mic. CJ Hicks is now banged up. Looks like he's had a serious leg injury. He's not a mic anyway. Sonny Styles might move down to linebacker, but he's not a mic. Hopefully Tommy comes back and it's not a thing. But if he leaves, got to get. Um, I, and I wouldn't mind them getting a running back. We'll see what happens with Mayan Williams. Um, we saw there with depth, you know, getting a running back wouldn't be bad. Hit the portal hard. I'm not talking about you don't need to do a Mel Tucker. Now, he had it. I'm not making fun of Mel Tucker. He had to do it and did a great job with it. 
you don't need to overturn your whole roster and get like 20 people in here. Okay. But like, get like five. That's like not even that much in this day and age. I mean, they got three last year, but it was kind of like low level, you know, it's kind of low level ish. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, not, you know what I mean though. I mean, Tanner McAllister was a solid, is a solid player. Chip Traham is a solid player. And then they got the kicker Parker Lewis. We know nothing about yet. So they got three last year. Um, I want at least five, but I want them to be of higher quality. I don't think that's too much to ask. This is Ohio State. Let's go. All right. Early signing day is Wednesday. We're going to meet with Ryan Day, and maybe we'll get Mark Pantone. Someday, some years we get him. Most years we don't. Maybe I'll send him a message and say, can we please get you out there? Because um, he's always he's always good. We always love talking to him. Um, and he's such a huge part of what they do. So Wednesday at noon, Ryan Day. Um, Buckeyes right now, the number seven class in the country. When you're Ohio State, you're not used to being the seventh class in the country this close to signing day. 20 commits in the class. Now, they are, you know, there could be some good news. We'll see. On signing day, Damon Wilson will make his announcement. Most of you probably know, but if you don't, number six edge rusher in the country, number 40 nationally. That's according to the 24-7 sports composite. According to in-house 24-7 sports rankings, he's the number two edge rusher, number 17 overall, and is a five-star. A high, very high four-star in the composite, five-star in the in-house 24-7 sports rankings, so splitting hairs. He's really good, and he's been uh, fong-bombed to Ohio State. Steve Wiltfong has put his crystal ball in. This is a long time ago. Um, put his crystal ball in for Ohio State, and Damon Wilson will make his announcement. It's on ESPN. Yeah, it's on ESPN. Um, I'm not sure what time. I don't know if they've even announced that yet. You know, that's always fluid anyway. <laughs> they have those player now, I guess with ESPN, it's probably a little more streamlined. You have to be. But Damon Wilson announcing, um, that would be a huge get. Obviously, I don't need to tell you guys that. Georgia's also in the mix. It looks like a two-team race right there. You know, this kid's from Venice, Florida. Um, but I like that Steve Wiltfong, obviously, um, has put a crystal ball in for the Buckeyes to land him. So that's huge. Um, Steve Wiltfong, last month, also, speaking of uh, edge rushers, um, Put a crystal ball in for Joshua Mickens to be a Buckeye. That'd be huge. Four-star, number one player in the state of Indianapolis. State of Indianapolis. <laughs> state of Indiana. Um, Steve Wilfong lives in Indianapolis. So um, that makes me feel even better about it. It's not just anywhere in the country I'd feel good about a Fong bomb. But in his own state of Indiana, um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about that. So this young man, number one in the state of Indiana, um, and is Joshua Mickens is the number 20 edge rusher and the number 136 overall player in the country. Solid four-star kid. So if they, if they can get those two, that'd be fantastic. Damon Wilson and um, Joshua Mickens, and the fact that Steve Wilfong has put a crystal ball in for both of them to Ohio State is fantastic. Um, now, you're wondering about Mateo, I'm sure. Um, it's a mystery. No crystal balls for him yet. My gut tells me he'll probably go elsewhere. Um, I know he likes Ohio State a lot. His dad likes Ohio State a lot. Um, with his brother transferring, maybe he'll go wherever his brother goes. Seems to make sense, right? It's like the, we started the show up talking about Dylan Rayola. It's not a mystery. <laughs> Sometimes this thing, this stuff is really straightforward. Like, is this like, oh, is this NIL? Is it like this? Is it? His dad is coaching at Nebraska, and his dad went to Nebraska. It's he wants. To, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It's his dad. That's, that's what happened with Dylan Rayola. So, Mateo, 
Um, you know, if his brother transfers to USC, especially somewhere close to home, not that USC needs a quarterback next year, but or somewhere close to home, maybe he'll, he'll do that. Maybe he'll want to make his own path. I don't know. My gut tells me it won't be Ohio State, but I know Ohio State's certainly in the running. No doubt about it. He likes Ohio State, but um, just a, a gut feeling I have. I don't have any inside information there on Mateo, just a gut feeling I have. Hey, like I said, they land Damon Wilson on signing day and get Joshua Mickens as well. Um, hey, um, call it a day. I mean, I'd also take Mateo in the class. I'm sure uh, Ryan Day would as well, but uh, that'd be a plenty good uh, for the edge rushers. All right. Appreciate you guys joining me. Um, good to be back in the saddle. Missed you guys. And uh, it was good talking some Ohio State football 12 days away from the college football playoff. Ohio State against Georgia. Can't wait. Thanks again to all of you. I appreciate it. Hope everyone has a great day. season of the original hit series mayor of kingstown my job is to create a balance avoid a war from executive producer taylor sheridan co-creator of yellowstone there's some new players in town and they brought the flag and antoine fuqua director of training day i know it's always been a war zone mike but this is next level the mayor is back in business are you warning me you're gonna find out mayor of kingstown new season streaming june 2nd exclusively on paramount plus